May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Perhaps you, like me, have been watching the latest season of the Netflix series, The Crown. We're in season three, and the events portrayed are from the 1960s and the 1970s. And so I'm finding that they're particularly poignant and interesting. Although I don't remember most of those things specifically. I was too young then to be paying attention or reading the newspaper. But I find that now I love seeing these people, Queen Elizabeth II and the royal family, and these events, things that happened in my lifetime. While the writers clearly want to show us the more human side of the royal family, oh, they are just like us. The truth is when real decisions need to be made, the authority always falls to the crown. Elizabeth refers to herself and to her office in that third-person fashion. The crown does or the crown doesn't, do such and such. She functions not as herself, the person of Elizabeth, the wife of Philip, the mother of Charles and Anne and Edward, but rather as the queen. And even that is not simply a title or a role, but it is the embodiment of the authority she holds. Nothing about it is personal. For the crown is not a person. It is an institution, a symbol of the country's understanding of authority and power. Now, as citizens of the United States, our history is one of throwing off this royal authority. Many lives were lost in that war for independence from England. The founders of this nation charted a different model, one where authority is, in theory, balanced among three branches of government, as well as within states and more local bodies. No king for us, our forebearers declared, with their very lives. And we who come after are independent people now, free from the tyranny of a king, Out of our history, though, grew many mythologies about freedom and about what freedom is and what power we have to shape our lives. So it is understandable that we bristle at the idea that we are not completely independent and completely in charge. We resist the idea that we are ruled by anything or anyone. But if we're honest with ourselves in a quiet moment alone, we can confess that we all have things that direct our time and our energy, ideas and convictions and desires that drive our actions. So as we head into Advent, this question I think is worth praying about. What rules me? 
now. It's a good thing to pray about because we will enter a season where we wait and hope to be ready and to be op- and to open our heart to Jesus, the newborn king. But today we're given a different picture of that king. Jesus on the cross, flanked by criminals, mocked by the Roman soldiers. If you really are the Messiah, save yourself. As passive onlookers stand by watching this gruesome scene. What is this? Certainly there are better texts, better images to portray Christ as king. Christ in glory. Reigning from heaven in power. Proclaiming God's truth to the whole world. But this is what we have. Christ the king. Nailed to a cross. Broken in body. Weak. Bleeding. Speaking quietly. Only to God. And the people suffering next to him. And it is in the words that he speaks, perhaps even whispers, that we have our hope and our good news. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgiveness. It's real. It's real for all of us. For all of us who chase after false gods of money and fame, self-sufficiency and power. Jesus, as he suffers and dies, asks God's forgiveness on all of us. For all of it. Our sins, our injustice, our lack of mercy and compassion. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Wow. Forgiveness is real. And he says, truly, I tell you today, today, you will be with me in paradise. This is a promise, a promise that we forgiven sinners today, right now, are with him. It doesn't look a whole lot like paradise when we look around. But when we are together here as one body in him, in prayer, at the table, in the waters of baptism, we are reborn into that kingdom where he reigns eternal. We're here. He's with us. Yesterday we had a funeral in the chapel. And the person who died, a young man named Brooks, was a chef. And everyone who spoke about him talked about his love of food and his creativity and his ability to create meals out of absolutely nothing. You know, forgotten freezer items in the back of the freezer. He could transform into a lovely meal. 
In my homily, I talked about his love, that food and cooking was the way he expressed his love to people. I said he had a ministry of the table. And thank goodness the family ahead of time had said they really wanted to have communion at the service because it all tied together. It was so important. So people brought the elements up, and I went up to the altar, and I had my back to the congregation because we have east facing over there. And I was preparing the table, and when I turned around to begin the Sursum Corda, the Lord be with you, the whole family had already come up and were kneeling across the kneelers in front of the altar, and that was full. So other people were kneeling on the bare stone behind them. It was so incredibly moving. They wanted to be close to the table. They wanted to be close to the table right then. Because I had told them in my homily that when we celebrated communion and they came up to the table, that Brooks would be there too. And all the people who we love and see no longer, when we come to this table, Jesus is here in all of them as well. So they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait. So we said the prayer together and there we were. In just a few minutes, we're going to baptize Judah. And Judah will be the very newest person joined with Christ in paradise at the table with all of us. Forgiven, renewed to a life with God where compassion and mercy, love and peace reign. And we pray that his little baby heart will be filled with those truths. And that as he grows up and his heart gets bigger, he will know them for himself. The good news today is that Christ is the king who forgives and loves personally. Not as an idea or a conviction, a political model or a crown of gold, but as a person. The king of love comes to us as a person, offering forgiveness for our sins, new life for our souls, hope for our hearts. He draws near to us when we pray. He feeds us with himself walks alongside us, weeps with us, and brings us to the kingdom right now. Right now. For all eternity. So as for me, I will bow down to this king and only this one. For this is the way of life and love. Thanks be to God.